Hey y'all, welcome back to the Casual Vegans podcast. I'm Margaret. And I'm Mary. And we're going to continue our conversation with Ivy today, um, doing two parts, because there was just way too much information to talk about with her, and we want to make sure you guys have it all. Sounds great. Uh, yeah, no. I was happy we weren't doing video because I just had illustrious plans for everything that was going to happen this morning, and then it just didn't work out that way. So, oh yeah, we were the same. Both of us wanted to be up earlier than we were. We weren't. I was up early. It just—it's like the whole morning just got away from me. Yeah, it's—it's it's a lot of that happening here in the fall, and I'm. I'm it, is it? Are we going down to the holiday season? <clears throat> and that is our issue here. We're getting close to Thanksgiving and Christmas and, you know. I think for me, it's a little bit of being out of practice of being this busy. Um, you know, the kids haven't really been in school or activities the last two years. Mm. And so what? this year, with them both being back in all their after school stuff and then like the day job, the business, like it's just, <laughs> I'm like, whoo, how did I used to do this? Oh, I know, I know. Well, and know. especially now, I mean, what, two years ago, you, and I don't want this to sound rude in any way, uh, you were definitely a little less busy with the business. Oh, yeah, we weren't even. Now. This is our first year being open to the public. Prior to 2022, we really were just like cooking for friends and maybe catering little things here and there. But it wasn't anything that I really was thinking like, okay, this is going to be my full-time gig. Yeah. yeah. Well, in, in thinking of that, I, I know I have, um, <clears throat> and for people who are listening, and where would we find, like, I know you do a couple of things during the week. Uh, you do a few pop-ups or... Um, are you still doing those or can you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah. So in the fall, we don't, we're pulling back on all of our pop-ups um, because we have so much catering in the fall. Okay. Um, so pop-ups, our last pop-up is actually Saturday at the Forest Farmer's Market. And that will probably be the last place you can catch us um, outside of ordering meal prep or, you know, okay. doing like a catering order with us. Cause we're just, at this point, I mean, I'm one person, we are bringing on staff, but at this point, I'm just, it's cold outside, there aren't as many outdoor events, and so mm -hmm. we've kind of had to pull back on those, but we'll be back in the spring, you know, doing the festivals and um, farmer's market and stuff. And and just just for everybody, I know, I know because I am frequently the world's worst procrastinator, um, I think <laughs> your, your meal prep stuff, you have to order by today by thursdays yeah technically i'm sure if you asked any of my regulars they would tell you oh you can text her saturday morning <laughs> no, no I wouldn't <laughs> but yes technically we need our orders by thursday because we do shop um the farmer's market on saturday mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. in order for us to be able to source everything locally and ethically the way that we do we really need those orders in by thursday it's all on the website um and there's also a section where you can put in a comment like if you're allergic to anything or Say you want a vegan meal, but you want to, you want real dairy cheese and not vegan cheese. You can do that. That's totally fine. So just you know, put in put in the comment box exactly what you need, or shoot us an email if you have like some pretty intense allergies, and we can create a custom menu for you too. Wow. Okay. Awesome. And 
just so everybody knows, sorry, mom, let me just say this. You we go. will be linking uh, her website and her socials in the show notes below. Um, so you won't have to search far and wide for her. Just go right below. It'll have all of her links. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, that's usually where you can see everything we're up to, you know, holiday catering and stuff like that. It's just at Two Birds Kitchen with an underscore. Okay. Okay. Awesome. All right, Mom. Sorry. What were you going to say? Uh, no, no, you're, you're absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I guess, you know, we were just talking about the holidays and stuff, but um, will you be doing uh, any sort of, maybe not catering, but specialty pickup items for, yes. ooh. Yes. So I'm Can you tell that, us or yeah, is it a secret? Mention that because we actually are going to be putting out our menu probably this week or next week for holiday catering, um, which will look like typically, I think... Um, the way we usually do it is it's like you can order either a vegan or a turkey meal from us. And it, what you'll get is the main dish, which is um, either a vegan turkey or a regular turkey or ham. And then you can choose like a couple sides. And, you know, there's a you know how we do. There's always a vegan mm -hmm. option um, for whatever you get. And then there's desserts and things like that. And that'll all be available to order through the website. Um, or you can shoot us an email if you are like, I'm vegan and I haven't had a sweet potato pie in four years, we can make you one, you know, so just let us Ooh. know what you need. Ooh. Sweet, sweet potato, potato pie. pie. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you wondered where our brains went. <laughs> you got it on stereo. <laughs> yeah, the, the vegan turkey is really cool. I'm really excited about it. We perfected the recipe last year. And I don't know if you guys even know this, but every year since we opened in 2019, we give away free holiday plates. Um, no questions asked. Like if you don't have somewhere to go for Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever you celebrate, um, shoot us a message and we'll drop a plate to you on Thanksgiving or on your holiday. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people don't know this, but it's always vegan. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> don't tell anybody one, really one up front. <laughs> but uh, it was funny last year because I had a few people reach out to me and they just said, you know, thank you so much for the meal, blah, blah, blah. And looking at your website, I'm realizing a lot of your food is vegan. And I was just curious, like, what of this is vegan? And when we told them the turkey was vegan, people were telling me, oh, my gosh, you've created trust issues for me now. And like all. The stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I mean, yay, because that means they really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but also, I don't know. I guess those kind of trust issues aren't that bad. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. All my, I can't um, trick my friends anymore because they know whatever I bring is going to be vegan. But it, it is very cool, especially with um, making the seitan and stuff. People are very fooled by the meat substitutes. Well, uh, you know, last year um, was probably our real first. Yeah. It, so season. last year was our first <laughs> holiday season being vegan. With everybody and um i you know i should have come to you first and i didn't i uh, yeah what what's wrong with us Mom? i don't know where my mind was <laughs> well last year i was in culinary school so i was really keeping things low-key i was cooking uh, a little bit here and there for friends but i was not doing anything really with two birds because i was really focused on culinary school finishing up yeah. last year well, I know I did, you know, I bought food from you last fall, last winter, uh, many times, and, and it was all wonderful. But um, 
we we did the um what is it called market market oh my gosh which was it the tofurky one? Oh. one we got that one um because, like the original i think it was tofurky uh, <laughs> brand tofurky and, uh, we had it out there with the regular turkey um and you know for everybody to do whatever i think you did make all the sides all the sides were vegan um even well i think i did two mac and cheeses i did a very small one that was regular mm -hmm. and then i did another small one that was um vegan because which i think you know now that i i look back to what i did last year i'm like man even my my vegan culinary skills were just not uh, not where they are now. Which is a great point. Like to remind people, if you've been cooking your whole life, you've been cooking in a carnivorous way. It took mm -hmm. so many years to get as skilled as you are now. And cooking plant-based is a little bit different. Like infusing flavor into plant-based food, it takes some skill and it takes some time. So be nice to yourself. If the first couple times you make something, it's not good. Give it another go once you learn a little bit more. Well, you really have to practice. Cooking is a practice thing, and you're, you're speaking to someone who is a horrible cook. It's a wonder everybody Recipe. can live at my house. <laughs> all, all of them are very good cooks. I will say this. All of them, my both of my children and my husband, very good cooks. I don't know why they even allow me in the kitchen, but... Well, they, sometimes we don't. <clears throat> no, sometimes you don't. That's true. That's true. But... Um, I, I find it very, um, but last year, let me get back to last year. <laughs> You've got me off track. Uh, this is what she does to old people. Uh, but we, we put it out there and, and I mean, it was, it was quite a spread. I will say that it was quite a spread of food. Um, for everybody. And uh, I was surprised. I mean, there were two of us there that were vegan. Two of us. I was surprised at the amount of the group that wanted to try the um, tofurkey. Mm -hmm. And how many of them actually ate it and liked it? Because they didn't, they, well, we told them what it was. We're, we're typically, when you talk about people with trust issues, my house has always been one because, and you know, uh, and we've said it on the podcast, um, we're a group of hunters, everybody but me. I hunt with a camera. Um, they hunt, and so we will frequently um, do venison, and people won't know the difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Venison and beef. Yeah, and talk about locally sourced. Like... <laughs> I mean, if, if like locally sourced meats and, and healthy meat is what you're looking for, sometimes wild caught quite literally is the best mm -hmm. you can have. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I definitely understand not everybody can do that. Um, um, there, there are some areas um, of the country where they actually um, – raise venison as a product very much like beef. But yes. um, it, it, I think they're limited in different areas because of 
and of course the FDA and everything. But they, um, I was, uh, you know, when you talk about that with trust issues, people kind of always look at us and go, okay, what are you cooking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but usually we, we, we told everybody at Thanksgiving last year, and I was really surprised at the number that wanted to try it. Yeah, even just like a little pe- like my brother-in-law, mm-hmm. which I think I said I've said this on the podcast before. Um, he could not taste anything at the time. <laughs> uh, I I think he still has a little bit of issue. Um, he had had COVID, so he lost his smell and taste, um, and that was well prior to the holiday season. But he still couldn't uh, taste very much or very well during the holiday but he tried it and he was like it's not bad but I can't really taste anything anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> which uh I was like well it's not it's not bad I, it definitely wasn't the best like if somebody's looking for if if you are local to the Lynchburg area and you are looking for a substitute for turkey just contact ivy because i can tell you the tofurkey 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 branded tofurkey just doesn't hit the spot and so you know i will be putting in my order yeah (laughs) because i'm not gonna do tofurkey again i mean it wasn't bad it it wasn't i'll say this it wasn't horrible it just Um, it lacked something yeah. And it, it had nothing to do with the texture. I think it was all flavor related. Mm-hmm. Like it just lacked a little bit. And but if you, Ivy, have had any? Um, I'm sure you have eaten that tofurkey before. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I don't know what the taste of it is. It was the, the texture was fine, but the the taste of it was just. And I'm going to blame myself because I cooked it because I thought I may have cooked it too long, not having yeah. done one in the past. So. Yeah. And and going back to what we were talking about, about um, learning how to cook plant-based food, a lot of plant-based food, especially the meat substitutes. So we're used to cooking meat a certain way, right? You mm-hmm. want a hot pan, you want to sizzle it, or you want to slow roast it, or you want to cook it, whatever. With seitan, it, it really needs to be handled differently because the longer you cook it, the more likely it is to turn into bread. And so it actually has to be cooked like on very low heat. There's a lot of different things that you can do with it. Um, and so that's kind of going back to that same thing we were talking about before. It, sometimes you have to figure out how do I like to cook this thing too, because it's not going to cook like a regular piece of meat. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you first do it, and I think that was my problem, I was thinking, okay, I've got to cook it like I cook a turkey breast. Right. And mm-hmm. that's just, um, that may have been half the problem. Um, and with- season it. I can't stand when people are posting a picture of some vegan food or any food really, and you can't even see any seasoning on it. It's like, mm-hmm. we wouldn't just slap a chicken breast raw with no seasoning or marinade or anything <laughs> in a pan. You gotta, you have to season your food. <laughs> exactly. And, and I think a lot of people, don't think about that you, uh, you have to season food i mean you know and mayo is not seasoning oh. for those that think it might be i saw a video the other day of somebody's cabinet 
of seasoning cabinet and it had like quite literally salt and mayo and I was like that's that's not that's not seasoning also open mayo that's not in the refrigerator is not healthy (laughs) like whether it's vegan or not like yeah and honestly no put it in the fridge no hate to those people because I grew up in the midwest and I I don't think my mom I think she had like onion powder salt and pepper I mean it my mom really didn't season food uh at all and so I understand where a lot of people come from, where maybe they grew up eating that way and they, do, they just don't know. And so just don't be afraid to marinate or, or, or salt or season your food in some way. Fresh herbs are a great way to do it. You can sweat onions, use wine to cook with. There's a lot of different ways to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, you can stand in front of the seasoning spice section. Go to the spices in the store and just stand there and be like, what looks good? Yeah, or if you have like an Indian or an ethnic food market, those are some of the best places to find seasonings because they are just so different. And so say you get a different seasoning that you've never used before. Oh, of course, I can't think of anything right now. But, you know, you get something different. Then Google, what can I do with this seasoning? And it just opens up a whole different world of foods that you've never tried before. And you're not sitting there being like, oh, I wish this was a cheeseburger. Like I had said before, you know, this is something completely different that my palate is not even trying to find a similar taste for so I love that yes absolutely and uh I mean if you're not seasoning stuff shame on you I don't know how you would eat I mean even thinking about meat how would you eat it without seasoning it oh my god (laughs) oh my god that's beyond Could could I mean okay we've all been meat eaters in our past uh, could you imagine a burger with, like, just salt? I can imagine it. That is how I grew up. <laughs> oh, no. That's, I... That is how I grew up. Like, uh... that's the reason why I started. Well, there's a lot of reasons. But <laughs> one of the reasons I started cooking so young for my family is because the food was not great. Oh, oh, oh you gosh. sure you didn't grow up with my mother? <laughs> <laughs> my mother would frequently say, my mother... She absolutely said she was not, she was not a good cook. And, and I love her. She, she never cooked until after my grandmother died. My grandmother lived with us. And, um, you know, so she never really cooked until my, so consequently after my grandmother died, I was 13. My mother cooked a lot of casseroles. We, we, Mm -hmm. we ate a lot of casseroles. Oh my gosh, we ate casseroles. But, um, now I love a good casserole. I still love. Uh, it. We've got a casserole on our menu. I love casserole. <laughs> I do too, but I ate a lot of them when I was growing up. Uh, but um, yeah, that was. Uh, I th- I think you know it's a matter of, of of you have to do seasoning on any kind of food, and you need to really think about it what you want to season. Yeah, I I just have to apologize if y'all hear my dog. <laughs> uh, sometimes she's a nutcase. Actually, all the time. <laughs> all of the time. Not true, not true. So true. Uh, also, my dog is the two birds mascot. <laughs> <laughs> she loves two birds food, too. 
<laughs> she always tries to come up under the table. <laughs> yeah, she can't help herself. Uh, she does. She does. Um, but yeah, I think. I mean, you have to if you're if you're gonna cook vegan. First, you have to get over being afraid of spices. If you are like, if you have not ever like seasoned anything. You just got to overcome that and try different things, try different combinations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, shoot, I Google everything sometimes. I mean, and it doesn't even have to be spice specific. Like sometimes I want a certain type of dish. And so I'll, you know, Google or Pinterest that type of dish and then. I just use all of the spices they say to. Now, I am not a recipe cooker. So typically, the spices amounts that they have on the recipe is not what I put in mine. Uh, Like if it calls for just a teaspoon of garlic, yeah, no, uh, you're getting like probably well over that. Oh, yeah. You got to measure garlic with your heart. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you add a little extra just, just because. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> um, but like cumin, cumin is a spice that I don't, I don't measure. I just kind of, I'm like, oh, that looks good. Somebody asked for my, oh, my brother-in-law asked for my apple pie recipe. Oh yeah. Now this is, this is a very interesting conversation. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, um, you know, it all depends on what I'm using. <laughs> Which apple are we? <laughs> like, if I'm using Honeycrisp apples, I put no sugar in my pie. Mm-hmm. Um, if and then I was like, and I never measure my spices. I was like, uh, I I can give you my best guesstimate, but uh, not gonna guarantee it's gonna taste like mine because I really don't know. I just kind of put spices in until I think it smells good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know the core spices I use. Or the cinnamon. Cl- right. <clears throat> yeah. Cinnamon, nutmeg, clove. Look, I've already forgot. Cinnamon, nutmeg, clove. Allspice. Allspice. <laughs> ginger. There you go. That's it. And uh, he was like, well, uh, I will try this. (laughs) Uh, But so we've talked a lot about your business, kind of what y'all are going to do for the holidays. I really like that you guys uh, give a meal to those that um, may be in need of a meal on the holiday, Mm -hmm. whatever holiday they celebrate. I think that's, an amazing thing because I think a lot of communities need more places that, that would do that for people. Yeah. And Um, and it's been really cool because I mean, I'm a single mother (laughs) on a social worker salary. Like it's not like I have a ton of extra money and every year it's just worked out where the money has come through and we've been, we've never turned anybody away. So it's just been like, it's been really cool. That is, that is awesome. And so I have a question along those lines. Um, if you had regular customers, 
um, or just people, maybe other businesses or something that wanted to donate to help with that, uh, would you accept that? Because I know you said the money's always come through to be able to do that. But yeah. if- and that is how it's come through, at least last year. Um, we had posted about it, and I didn't really know how we were going to afford to do it. Um, and then I had a couple of my, actually, my social worker friends reached out and said, hey, I have a few families in mind that I think you could really help. And also, can I donate some to it? So mm-hmm. we not only use like a portion of the proceeds from the holiday catering that we do um, to support that, but also if anyone wants to you know, support a family or buy a meal from a fam- for a family, they can do that as well. Awesome. So we'll, I'm assuming as we get closer to the holiday, because we are still in October, you'll have something on your website or how would people be able to reach out to you if they wanted to donate a meal to a family? If they want to shoot us a DM or an email. Um, But yeah, maybe we'll make that a more streamlined process if there's like a great interest for people wanting to um, donate to that. Awesome. That is, uh, I, I don't know. Ivy, your heart is just too good sometimes. Uh, I don't think you can ever be too good, but yeah. <laughs> but your heart is there like to to do that as a, a business that I mean you'd still be classified as a very small starting out business mm-hmm. um, is just spectacular I mean there are companies that are huge that don't do that yeah um, actually when I started the business I had read this really good book called tattoos on the heart And it's a book um, by Father Greg Boyle out of uh, L.A. And they actually run um, a cafe there called Homeboys Cafe. And so when their L.A. gang members are getting out of prison, uh, they give them jobs. They'll help with like tattoo removal. They'll help with like GEDs or, or higher education. And they use the cafe to be able to fund that ministry. And I loved the idea of that because I don't want to open a business that just makes money for me and my kids. Like, you know, we need to pay the bills and we want to go on vacation to the beach once a year. And that's about it, you know? So beyond that, I love the idea of a business that we can hire women who need some financial independence for maybe leaving a domestic violence situation or maybe somebody who has a felony, but you know, they can't get it off their record, but they need a job. We, that, those are the kind of people we want to hire. Yes. Yeah. That is absolutely amazing because that's that's helping people in a whole different a whole different light of just will I donate to you know xyz cause every year um which I mean I'm not knocking charities by any means people should still donate to those because there are lots of charities that are absolutely amazing and do amazing things but this is something local for us And it's, it, you know, it puts into perspective, like, you know, the, our community needs that Mm -hmm. maybe not as much as some other communities do, but definitely our community needs that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the rate of um, homelessness in Lynchburg is at an all time high. It is almost impossible to find affordable housing for people. If you get behind the snowball, I mean, there just are not a lot of resources for people right now. And leaving social work to do this full time, I don't want to leave that heart that I have. Like that is my calling is to help those in the community. And so whether I do it through my day job at social work, or if I do it through two birds, I know that that's what I want it to be at the forefront. So 
Yeah, and that is absolutely amazing. Um, so speaking of social work, we're kind of kind of go into your kids. Not that they're social work, but <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about them earlier. And <laughs> um, so how you are vegan, but how is the family dynamic for you guys? So, um, yeah, I thought a lot about just a lot of my friends when we came to college, friends that I had that were never allowed to have sugar or fast food or pop or whatever, man, we got to college and they went crazy <laughs> with junk food, you know? And I, yeah. I just didn't want to, f- I, number one, I didn't want to give my kids any weird food things. Like I don't want them to be scared of foods or think foods are quote unquote bad or good. Like that's not what I'm trying to do with so I wanted to do it pretty gradually. Um, and I don't, I, I'm not convinced by the science that kids can be on a fully vegan diet their entire lives develop, development wise. Um, maybe if I didn't have a job and I could just full time devote myself to their nutrition. It, but I have kind of made more of um, an option, like coaxing them. So easy things like spaghetti we're gonna have we'll have meatball we'll get the aldi or i'll make vegan meatballs no problem the kids don't even know the difference you know especially at first because we've been doing this for years now um but i do think if you want to start to bring your kids more into a plant uh lifestyle is start with vegetables just like i say for adults like kids palates are not going to change overnight and if you make it like we have to only eat vegetables they're going to rebel against that and in major ways. So I, I think it's great. A couple of things we do is um, like, we'll go on Pinterest and I'll let the kids choose like just a, and we'll go to the store. They get to pick everything out or we'll go to the farmer's market. They'll get to pick everything out and then they'll help me make it. And that I think really helps them want to try different kinds of vegetables. Mm. And that is refuses to eat meat. Like she, and when I explained the connection between a pig and a piece of bacon, she was like, oh, I'm never eating that again. <laughs> she made that choice for herself. But my tween is like, uh, you know, when she's with her dad, she'll eat McDonald's. When she's with me, she'll eat vegan food. It just it just is the way it goes. Well, and I think I think that's OK. Um, and and I kind of agree. I'm not a hundred percent on the science. I think there's just a lack of science because who really wants to put their children into some sort of study that may or may not harm them. I mean, we know vegetables are good, but um, I doubt it would necessarily harm them, but you definitely don't want them to be nutrient deficient right? and, and trying to grow and become, uh, you know, whatever version of themselves that they want to be. Yeah, I definitely think it should be their choice. Um, and I'm talking for me personally. I don't judge other parents and whatever you want to do with your kids, do that. Like, I don't know what's right for other people. But I know for my girls, giving them options and not making it like a power struggle. I'm having a smorgasbord, especially that where they can like you have to have a bite of everything, but you don't have to take a huge scoop of something you know you don't like. 
try it and I want you to keep trying it because the more times you try something, the more likely you are to like it eventually. Morph and change a little bit. But I don't, I never make it a power struggle. If my kids say, I'm not hungry, I don't want to put that in my body. You know, I teach my kids that they, their bodies belong to them and them only. And I think that that includes food. If you look at something, put it inside of your body, you don't have to, and it's not my place to force you. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I feel like, uh, I feel like that's how we were kind of raised. (laughs) Um, I mean, we also had a little bit, uh, as I'm sure Ivy, you might have too growing up, um, of the, you'll, you'll eat what I make. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, that's all true, Margaret. Huh? I'm only going to eat yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's not 100% true because, yeah, there was, like, well, we did eat what you made. But, like, for me, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, and I think, Ivy, I've told you this, too. Um, I always have had kind of random meatless days uh, ever since I was younger because – for whatever reason, some days I just didn't want meat. Um, I, I either just wasn't craving it or I don't know, probably just didn't want to chew that much, honestly. Laziness. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but I would eat whatever else was on the table. Mm-hmm. And that's a good tip, too. Like, you don't, it doesn't have to be a power struggle, but what it can look like is, you know that both of my girls love peas and they both love rolls. And they love my vegan mac and cheese. So say I make something for dinner that I'm like not sure that they're going to love. I know I'm going to make these other three or four safe foods that they're definitely going to be able to fill up on. And then you have to at least have one bite of what I made. You're not allowed to say, ew, this is gross because that's mean. Like I'm teaching be rude to the people that prepare (laughs) your food. But you don't have to eat it. Take a bite. If you don't like it, that's fine. You know? And that's where that that power struggle comes in. If you stand over your kids and scream at them to finish their plate, you're going to create a lot of food issues. And I think a lot of us that grew up in the late 90s, early 2000s had that force to finish our plates. And we almost feel guilty if we don't. But like the portion sizes are way bigger than you're not teaching your kids to listen to their bodies. And I I think that's as the problems. Yeah. And if you have a child like Margaret was, she ate every two hours. Even as a teenager, uh, she ate every two hours. Uh, don't, I didn't eat every two hours. I still do eat every two okay. hours. Well, and, and you have to have healthy snacks available that because you didn't want her to be eating um, little Debbie snack cakes yeah. and, and that yeah. all the time. So, um, I, many times I had the conversation with her, um, pediatrician. I said, she won't eat this, that, or the other. And, um, and it was probably that I told him one time, I said, she won't eat a balanced meal. She'll only eat yogurt. He said, don't worry about it. Let her eat what she's going to eat. She'll be fine. Yeah. Now I will say we had a great pediatrician when I was younger because nowadays I know there are lots of doctors I've heard stories I don't have kids myself but I've heard stories of parents bringing concerns maybe not quite like that but similar 
to the doctors and they're like, well, you kind of have to force them to. And it's like, holy crap. Um, like that, first of all, that should not be, I think if your doctors are telling you that, whether they're your doctor as an adult or your kid's doctor, you need to get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't think that's always the right way to go about anything. Now, if they're just not eating anything, that's a problem. (laughs) Uh, But if they're like me and they're only eating or wanting to eat one thing, um, I think as long as they're eating, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And like you said, too, like, I don't keep little Debbie cakes around the house. I don't keep, you know, if the kids want a snack, They can grab some pretzels or an apple. There's always bananas, blueberries, you know, like my kids kind of know there's, I usually make like a fresh juice every couple of days. Like we've got things in the fridge that are healthy and they can snack on healthy stuff as much as they want to. Like it's not a problem. If you keep the stuff in the house that is all processed and not great for them, they're going to get that stuff at school, at birthday parties, at grandma's house. So at home, I mean, you don't, you can also do it that way where if you're like, okay, at home, we're going to eat plant-based, but when we're out, if we swing by McDonald's, you can get whatever you want. Or if you're with grandma, you can get whatever you want because it just helps them not to feel like every other kid gets to eat happy meals. And I don't, you know, you don't want your kids to feel like that. Cause then when they grow up, they're just going to be pushed to try all these things that are really unhealthy. And it's going to take a little bit longer for them to hopefully get back to a nutritious diet. Right. Like I've heard stories from, um, they're now adults, but they grew up in a plant-based household or a vegan household or whatever it is. And they were restricted to what they could and couldn't eat. And then when they left their house, they decided to have, you know, essentially junk food, takeout food, anything that they were restricted from having before. And, and then they, they, they found out that it was hurting them. Like the, the, one of the stories was a set of twins that, that did it. And then they got, they started getting really bad acne Mm -hmm. from it. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's your body's response from the junk. But I mean, it it could be anything. And I think you're right. I think when you're restricted like that so much, you end up gorging on stuff that uh, is not good for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's basically a diet mentality. Like you've, as a, as a mother, not you personally, but as a mother that's doing this or a father, um, you're creating that diet mentality from the start if you're restricting what they can and can't have. And then once they're able to, they're going to do what everybody in a diet mentality does and binge. Mm-hmm. And I mean, some people end up binging so bad that you know, it causes certain issues, like major issues for them. Being or, you know, food aversions or whatever. 
Yeah. And that's why I do think it's important to talk to your kids about why you eat that way. So there's like a big joke with me and my girls because they'll say, oh, mommy can't eat that. And then I'll look at them. And before I can even say it, they'll go, well, she can eat it. She chooses not to. Because that's <laughs> what I always tell them. I can eat whatever I want. I choose not to. And these are the reasons why. And same with you had mentioned acne. So as my daughter has been getting a little bit older, she was very resistant to give up dairy which I didn't push at all because it's like, okay, that should be your choice, whatever. And as she got older, she hit middle school, she started getting some acne. And I just mentioned in passing, you know, if you drink more water and eat more vegetables and maybe cut back on some dairy, dairy can cause a lot of acne. She stopped eating (laughs) dairy completely now because I told her she can basically, she can add that to her beauty routine. But it is important for people to know that. Like if you're not talking to your kids about Like with Raven, okay, so my youngest is six. And so her, what she can understand is we eat vegetables because it makes us grow really strong and we can run faster when we eat vegetables and things like that to the point where she'll like eat a salad and then she'll be like, look how fast I can run. (laughs) But it's important that when they they grow up, they understand, okay, I don't feel good. And mom says eating vegetables will make me feel better. Not just like, ugh, vegetables are a chore and I hate them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I will say, I mean, I I don't have kids. I have nieces and a nephew and whenever I have them, whenever they're here or I'm at their house and they're asking me for snacks, I I don't even go to the pantry first, even though I know like my sister-in-law keeps very healthy snacks for them. Um, look, like I'll go and I'll be like, well, we've got this, we've got that. Um, I'll give the best example. I had them over for a movie night this past Sunday and uh, I had snacks. Like we had all of us. So it was like, well, including my husband was like five of us. Um, And we had popcorn, we had Oreos, we had a couple pieces of candy, we had those miniature cupcakes. Um, and then now these kids eat, I swear, I swear, I thought I ate a lot, like every two hours, they <laughs> eat a lot. Like, and they're growing kids, so I'm not complaining, but <laughs> um, at the it's end of the, the night. Like when they're at their aunt's house, they're going to be like, let's see what snack she's got. Like, you know oh my gosh, like- yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because my, my sister-in-law today, my nephew is here uh, helping, earning some extra cash because he's 12 years old um, and doing leaf pick, leaf pickup with my husband outside today. If y'all can hear the leaf blower, that's what it is. And uh, my sister-in-law was like, uh, I wasn't sure if you guys had kid approved, uh, snacks and stuff, but it's funny because whenever they're here, like they'll open up and I keep all of our fruit in the bottom drawer of the refrigerator. (laughs) And so they'll open up that drawer and I keep stuff that like may not be their ideal snack a little further up because they're just not tall enough yet. Mm -hmm. Um, So like stuff that has, like we keep body armors in the house because we prefer those over Gatorades. Uh, even though neither one of them are really that great. But if I need an electrolyte drink, I prefer body armor or Gatorade. Um, so I keep all of that way up because that contains a lot of sugar. 
And so what they see is all of the fruits on the bottom and all of the vegetables on the bot on the bottom. And that's what they'll go for. And they know like not to go in my pantry because unless I like, I plan to have them over. I don't keep cookies in the house unless mm-hmm. I've made the cookies. <laughs> and that's another good point with keeping fruit and um, veggies. eye level for kids. That's great. And also if your kid will only eat carrots and celery with a ranch dip, give them a ranch dip. Cool. Who cares if they have a couple tablespoons of a ranch dip in order to get a cup of veggies in them. Cool. If they'll only eat their carrots with ketchup, put ketchup on them. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, I know, um, well, my nephew, when he was younger, he used to only eat pizza with ranch. Like that was the only way he'd eat pizza. Didn't matter what kind of pizza it was. He had to have ranch, which as an Italian feels like a sin, but (laughs) you know, I didn't, I wasn't going to argue with him. If he wanted ranch, I gave him a little side of ranch. What's it going to harm? Nothing. Maybe Mm -hmm. my ego, but that's not really his, his concern. (laughs) Yep. Both my girls will eat salads if they're like absolutely swimming in ranch. So I just make like a vegan ranch out of, it's like based out of mayo basically. And it is what it is, vegan mayo, you know, and it is what they're eating a huge bowl of vegetables. I don't care if there's, it's, oh, you can pour a cup of ranch on there for all I care. It's teaching how to eat vegetables. And as they get older, they'll use less and less. Yeah. But it's funny, um, you know, even as kids, like they will instinctively know what they want. Like my nieces, when at the end of the night before um, they were leaving the house, uh, my, my one niece asked me, I'm hungry. And so we went upstairs and there were still cookies and stuff laying out on the counter. And I was like, well, what do you want? And, and she was like, I don't know. I I don't really want any of that. Uh, Talking about the cookies that were all laid out on the counter. And I was like, okay. Um, I opened up the refrigerator and I was like, well, I've got some, um, strawberries and blueberries and raspberries and I've got some apples. And she was like, Ooh, can I have an apple? Mm-hmm. And she pulled out the drawer and she was looking at them and I was like, pick one, pick whatever apple you want. <laughs> and, uh, then her little sister came and was like, I want an apple too. <laughs> Now she's the notorious uh, take a bite out of an apple, leave it on the counter, ask for a new apple in like 20 minutes. That's yeah. what, so I cut hers for yeah. her. <laughs> you have a kid that does that, cut them into slices, much more likely to eat it if you do slice. Yes. And also I'm like, if they're already in slices, like whatever she won't eat or just leaves around, I will eat. Um, and it's, to me, I, I don't necessarily always like to eat after the kids, especially when an apple's been sitting on the table for 20 minutes already. <laughs> uh, but that's just a personal thing, you know, to each their own. Their mom eats after them all the time. Yeah. Um, which I, it's different when they're yours. And I mean, they've even shoved stuff in my mouth that they've <laughs> licked. And I'm like, whatever. At that point. Yeah. Yes. Um, and too, for any moms that are listening, I hope it doesn't feel like mom shaming because I 
acutely understand what we are up against as moms right now in America, trying to raise kids that are not just only eating chicken nuggets. It's hard. It's hard because our kids are constantly bombarded with ads on YouTube and their friends talking about pizza from CC's or whatever. And so trying to develop a healthier palate for your children is difficult and it takes a long time and it's not like a linear thing. And all you can do is offer healthy things. And if they won't eat it, just keep offering it. Yes. And, and also have them like Ivy, you've said already, have them try stuff more than once. And have so, them cook with you. When kids are, are in the kitchen with you, they're so much more likely to cook with you, to eat the yes. food that you cooked. Yes. And by no means, I'm not a mom, but none of us on here right now are about that mom shaming life. Like, you do what you need to do with your kids and you let them eat whatever you want to let them eat. We're just discussing this. Uh, this is what we do personally right um and how we kind of handle i mean shoot even when the kids come to my house i'm vegan my sister-in-law knows it but we always make sure to have stuff um for them like i never not cook for the kids i always cook something that the kids are gonna eat yeah and if you have an air fryer that is the way to go for kids with veggies because Almost any veggie is good if you air fry it. So that's been a big one with my kids is I'll be like, hey, go in the fridge and grab something that we can air fry. And we'll, you know, sweet potatoes is a big one. Carrots are a big one for us too. Yes. Mm. And it's easy um, if you are also eating it, the kids are going to be more receptive to eating it. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I've told Sam – a couple times, like if you say "ew," that's gross. Like the kids are gonna say "ew," that's gross. Yep, they're just gonna mimic it, even if they don't try it. And so, like he won't say anything; he just may not put it on his plate. But then they'll see me eating it, and as long as he's not saying it's gross or something, or or anybody for that matter, it doesn't have to be the father or the uncle. It could be some random stranger out and about. Uh, you know, kids are very perceptive to what's going on around them. Mm-hmm. And, and also your facial features. If you make a, ooh, a face, they will too. Yeah. And that's why I like um, what I had mentioned about, like, we'll go on Pinterest and I'll let them pick out something because they feel like they're in charge. They got to choose this. And even if they don't like it, they're like, oh, well, I tried it. I remember I had eggplant one time and this is what it tasted like or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So, um, I think that was all of the like major talking points I had for this. Yeah. Um, The only thing I, I wanted to say, um, for sure is two big things that I do, especially when I first started trying to get my kids to eat more vegetables Two things that I did that I think really helped and any kid would like. Number one, when I make my marinara sauce, I saute veggies until they're super soft and I grind them into my sauce. So every time my kids are eating marinara sauce on anything, it's got extra vegetables in it. And that's such an easy way to do it. You can hide them in there. They can't even taste them. 
Oh, so I like yes. to do that. And then green smoothies. Uh, smoothies with a little bit of spinach in it. If you just do a handful of spinach with sweet, like berries, strawberries, blueberries, um, put a little agave in there. Citrus is good for hiding it too. If your kids have one of those every morning, you know, like, okay, at least every morning my kids had something green for breakfast. Yeah. And you can even mask, like, very strong spinach flavors with, uh, like, green apples. And bananas are a good one, too. Bananas. Bananas, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's definitely lots of really good fruits that you can mask that super uh, I, I, I don't want to call it a bad flavor because I really like the flavor of spinach but I know a lot of people don't well and if you're eating highly processed foods your palate may not be as amenable to the spinach taste where if you start drinking those smoothies every morning there's a little bit of that and so your palate is starting to get a little bit more mature without you really realizing it yes well, Abby, let me let me ask one other question since we're talking about the kids, and this may be a topic for a whole other um, thing. But you know, we we've talked you you I've heard you talk about your kids for um, what you do for breakfast and what you do for dinners. What do you do for your kids for lunch during school time? So my kids like to take their own, they like bento boxes. And so usually I do bento boxes um, for them, which if anybody doesn't know what those are, it's basically just like a fancy lunch box that has a bunch of different dividers. Um, And you can go on Pinterest or anywhere and Google like healthy bento box recipes. And I'll just make one or two for the week and then kind of alternate. They -hmm. like to take stuff in their thermos too. So uh, like, for example, this morning, I had some leftover, like this Tex-Mex casserole. It's got like beans and bell peppers, cheese, rice, all kinds of stuff in it. It's vegan. And so I'll heat that in the morning and put it in their thermos. And then they can take it out at lunch and eat it. And it's still hot. Okay. Mm. okay. We do those. And we do a lot of pinwheels. They love pinwheels. Okay. Because I know, you know, um, don't get me wrong for what I'm about to say. Um, I know the lunches at school. Um, oh, they're awful. I'll say it. <laughs> well, I know why they're that way, because there are a lot of kids that that may be their major calorie meal of the day. Right. Now, and, and Ivy, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, that is one of the things, and I know for the general, for some of the population that uh, they need that heavy calorie meal because they just, it's not other places and they need to get that food. But I was just wondering, you know, being to give them an alternate plan for moms that are maybe trying to get their kids to eat a little healthier and to do a little better, what, you know, you would suggest it to them and that's a great idea to do the bento boxes I hadn't even thought about those yeah they're really Mm -hmm. cute because you can make like little animals like sometimes I'll make like little animals out of like celery and stuff Mm -hmm. and so then they open their lunch and I I like to put a joke of the day in their lunchbox too oh god (laughs) like something to look forward to every day (laughs) are they are they like dad jokes oh yeah oh yes those are I'm sorry 
nobody can convince me that dad jokes are not the best jokes. It's like my my Gouda joke. I made ooh, I made a grilled cheese out of the the plant based Gouda the other day. I said it before and I'll say it again. It was really Gouda. Nice. I knew you were going there. <laughs> oh, I cracked myself up. You're terrible. <laughs> um, so, and I think another thing to keep in mind is, Ivy, I know you're in social work, so you're aware of this. And mom, I know you're aware of this too, but there are a lot of kids that those are their only meals and I think one thing we can all do better as mothers or as people that have kids in school is if your kids have a friend that is not getting um, meals, maybe either they can't buy meals, sometimes they go hungry, whatever the case is, uh, pack that second lunch. If you have the means to, obviously, pack that second lunch for your friend, for your kid's friend. So then even though like they may not be able to afford lunch, at least they're still getting fed some way Mm because some schools are failing at making sure these kids are getting fed. Yeah. And if you're at a school, like my kids are at a school where everybody gets a free lunch. Um, so what we'll do is we'll send like extra snacks. And so at the beginning of the week, I always will, whatever I'm sending for the week, like if it's like my kids, like the mandarin orange, um, cups. Mm -hmm. So I'll send like the whole thing, like I'll buy one whole thing for Raven to eat for the week and then I'll buy a second one and she can bring those with her. So if there's any kids that don't have a snack, they've at least got some oranges. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I know that everything has changed quite a bit and, um, it's good to know that they're all getting a free meal now. Yeah. yeah. As it should be, honestly. We know the data is there to know that a lot of these kids, this is the only time they would eat. And it's so cruel to think, like, some of them may not be able to get it because they don't have the dollar and 30 cents for lunch or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And I know as the parents of those kids, I'm sure – well, I like to think that they feel just as bad that they can't give their kids that dollar and 30 cents to make sure they eat. Um, I know that's not always the case because they're, you know, we all know there just aren't some great people out there. But yeah, for whatever reason, poverty or mental illness, substance use disorders, whatever. Yeah. There may be, and I I think that's a good point in general, outside of talking about being vegan or whatever, being cognizant of the kids in your neighborhood. Uh, Actually, my kids used to go to private school, and I really thought ethically about the kids in our neighborhood and how I want to be that mom that, you know, you could stop by at dinner time if you needed a meal. And we can't really do that if we're not part of the community going to the public school. And that was one of our big reasons for switching to public school. Okay. Yeah, I think that's that's important because you play with the kids in in your neighborhood. But if you aren't in school with them, you, like I remember growing up, we grew up with uh, not our next door neighbors, but the neighbors right next to them. Um, they homeschooled all of their kids. Um, the father 
was the track coach at Liberty. And I forget what what the mom used to do. Do you re- was she just a full time stay at home mom? Um, pretty much. She, I think she was. Um, if I remember right, she was trained as a nurse, and then when she had her children, she became a full time mom. Yeah. So I and I know they adopted some children too, but mm-hmm. she homeschooled her children instead of sending them to a private school or a public school. Um, but I think like we were really the only people that kind of hung out with them outside of their church group people, mm-hmm. um, like in the neighborhood of all of the kids that my brother and I all went to school with, um, none of them really hung out with them because they didn't know them. They right. were homeschooled. And honestly, I think we were just raised to be friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why everybody likes to tell me their life stories nowadays. <laughs> um, um, so, you know, we, we approach them differently. They were great friends. I mean, we've lost touch, obviously, when we both went to college. Um, we lost touch because she moved into the dorms. Um, and I don't remember if they had cell phones. I I did, but I don't remember if they did. Um, But anyways, you know, life happens. We grew apart. If I see them in the neighborhood when I'm at mom's, I still wave because, you know, it's not like we had a fallen out over something. Um, But I think that's important. Like if you're going to be that kind of person that wants to make sure, you know, your kid's friends or anybody in the neighborhood can stop by for dinner if they need to or want to, uh, they can, then your kids have to be integrated with those, the neighborhood kids. Mm -hmm. And just makes it easier. If you're going to school together, you're on the bus, or I assume your kids ride the bus. Mm -hmm. They might not. But, you know, if you're in school together, you're like, oh, you live in my neighborhood. Like, it's a different connection that you have. Yeah, and we live, like in silos now you know people talk about that quite a bit it, it we don't know our neighbors like we used to and i think for for those of us who have a good school district and i i'm not um i understand that people have lots of different reasons for homeschooling or private school or whatever we're lucky enough that our district is pretty great like we have some really great teachers and it, it was a good move for us it, it, if you're not going to be doing that at the very least walk over and introduce yourself to your neighbor you never know if that person might be growing, you know, a plant in their backyard that you can trade your tomatoes for or whatever. And these are the ways that we make these connections. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, sometimes I will say like, I have really close friends that don't live in my neighborhood, but um, they come over for dinner whenever they want. Almost. <laughs> we had a friend when, when my husband and I first moved in together um he used to come over just to eat sometimes <laughs> like that was he was like yeah I'm gonna come over for dinner and we were like oh okay I guess yeah. I'm cooking for three sharing <laughs> is one of the best ways that people can give back when they don't have a lot and I so I know 
pretty acutely how that is being a person who doesn't have a ton of extra resources, but I can always offer a meal. If you have a college student that lives in your complex or lives near you, make sure they've got something. When was the last time they had a home cooked meal? You know, it's a very simple thing you can do. Yes. Yes, exactly. And it's, um, food is just, I, I know Ivy, we've said this to each other before. Food is the way to people's hearts. Um, so if like, let's say you move into another neighborhood, um, you can even like, when you go over to say hi, you can even bring them something. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be homemade, but you know, homemade is puts that little extra touch on it, personal touch on it. Um, and that's really like a great way to say hello or welcome or hi, I'm new. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you're the new person and going to, to somebody else. Um, I think it's, it's important to do that. And if you have friends, like what better way to, to meet than to meet up and have a meal? Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to be a great cook to cook for other people. Yeah. And just to put this shameless plug in there, too, we have people who reach out to Two Birds here and there um, if they are a little bit food insecure or maybe it's the end of the month and their SNAP benefits have run out and they don't have anything for the next couple of days. So anybody that's listening to this, if you don't have any food, either we can get you some or we can we work with a lot of um, communities or nonprofits around Lynchburg that give back to the community. So if we can't feed you personally, we can get you to someone who can. So there are resources out here if there is anyone that's listening that's a little bit food unstable right now. Yes. Or if you know somebody that might be in that situation and you want to help them out, mm-hmm. um, reach like, out on their yeah. behalf. Even the church that we rent for our kitchen from, we stock their food pantry and they have uh, a pretty good food pantry too where they give away food for people too. So like I said, if you don't, don't be ashamed or anything, people, it's not, it's the economy right now. It's not something you need to be embarrassed about. If you don't have food, we can get you some. Yes. And Ivy is a judgment-free zone. Two birds is a judgment-free zone. So you can definitely, I can tell you hands down, you can go to her and it will not be made public. It won't be talked about outside of your conversation with her. Um, and so you, you can trust that it's like she said, it's definitely not something to be ashamed of. And if you need the help, you need the help and that's okay. Sometimes we all need a little hand up every now and then. For sure. Absolutely. Um, and never, that's never a shameless plug. That's, you can plug that anytime. We'll plug that from now on. Well, it is hard because we do, we don't want to, I don't want to be the business that does something good just to turn around and post about it. Um, But then I do find that people don't know that we have resources and that we can get them meals if they need it. And so it's kind of been this delicate balance of not wanting to advertise people's struggle, but also make sure that people do know we offer this if they need it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think honestly, the way you just did it though is the best way because you're not airing somebody else's business. Mm-hmm. You're just simply stating, if you need help, we're here to help. 
And if we can't help you, we can at least point you in a direction of somebody that would be in a better position to help you in this time. Right. Correct. Um, there are there there are quite a few. I mean, Ivy Ivy mentioned the church where they they cook. That one has a food pantry. I know our church has a food pantry. Um, several, uh, many of them do. Um, and you know, having having done the work I do, and having been in Ivy, of course, and being involved in social work. Um, we were all very well aware of many of the sources out there for people who did not have resources to potentially get some food or were in a position where they couldn't get. Um, you know, we know several of them. And um, we could, you know, I know Ivy probably is way more up to date than I am now. Um, but yeah, we could definitely put you in the right direction to get resources and find resources to feed your family. Yeah. And we've had people that we've worked with too. I've actually taught food literacy classes, um, in the past through some of my social work jobs and then continuing that with two birds too. So if you are in a position where every month you're running out of your benefits or you're running out of grocery money, Mm -hmm. Don't hesitate to reach out. If you just need somebody to kind of look at your budget and help you create a menu, mm-hmm. we'd be happy to do that for people. And we obviously we would not charge for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that that brings another I mean, that's a whole nother important point to make is that sometimes it's not um, the fact that they're not maybe getting enough of the initial help for for in their resources but it's the lack of knowledge that we all have because our school systems have failed us in teaching us how to properly budget and understanding uh, nutritionally dense foods and what's going to be better and last longer. Right, right. And when we talk about generational poverty and generational trauma and things like this, if you have someone who's coming from a background where maybe there was a lot of food instability growing up and it was kind of like, whenever we have money, we're going to Sam's and we're buying as much as we possibly can. And we just, we're going to make it last, you know, mm-hmm. you grow up and then now every month you're getting these SNAP benefits and you're like, I have no idea how to, like, if you get $400 a month, it doesn't occur to you that you should maybe use a hundred dollars a week, you know? So like helping yep. people, because I know for people like us, it sounds like, yeah, obviously that's how you do that. But if you truly never witnessed anyone budgeting before, you don't know how to do it. How would you know? No one's ever that. So it's not, once again, it's not something you have to be ashamed about. These resources are out here and we can help you without judgment. It's just going to better your life and and your children's life if you have, if you have a family. Yes, exactly. And it's going to keep more money in your pockets for maybe a little bit of a splurge item every now and then, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people, I mean, especially nowadays with, with what's happening economically currently, there are lots of families who have cut way, way, way back and aren't getting splurge items that they normally would have, you know, once a month or whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you think about, the average person, let's think about us. We might not feel that. I mean, we feel it, but we're just like cutting back on what we're getting and thinking a little bit better. But these people who have never witnessed that, never had that, 
um, are have only had the generational poverty and also just the kind of, I don't mean this to sound really rude or anything, but the lack of knowledge um, of nutritionally dense foods, they're struggling even more because their, their resources may not have gone up, mm -hmm. but the prices are going up. Yeah. So now you had, you know, back two years ago, your, your $400 resource may have gotten you a ton of food for your family. And now your $400 resource may be, maybe only lasting, you know, what feels like a cart full of items, if that. I know, I know we've experienced that. I know, I mean, even at Two Birds, having to raise prices and try to deal with inflation. I mean, the cost of groceries has doubled for sure since we started in 2019. Yeah. And it's hard and it's hitting, it's not just hitting, you know, the middle to upper class. Like it, it's really hitting the lower income families mm -hmm. even worse because, you know, I, I mean, you know, working in social work, you already know all of this. Um, so it is hard, but you have resources. There are people here that want to help. Um, you to better understand, um, better budget. So you don't feel like all of this is just, you know, my money is just being taken essentially. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, like that's, that's kind of what we're here. We're all here. I, I don't have the background to, to do the, uh, social work stuff. But I have the nutritional background. So if you have questions nutritionally, I am also happy to answer those. Um, we are also a judge-free judgment-free zone. Um, casual vegans, mom and I. Uh, we we don't care where you come from, what walk of life you came from, where you grew up. Um, none of none of that matters to us. If you need some help, send us a message. Same with Ivy. Mm -hmm. um, so with that, is there any other, anything else you wanted to add, Ivy? Um, I, don't, I don't think I had anything else. Okay. Mom, did you have any other questions? No, I think I'm, I'm, I'm good right now. I just want to let Ivy know how much I appreciate her and um, all the time, even when I was starting my little adventure with being vegan and becoming vegan, how much I appreciated her being there for me to change my palate, to teach me a little more about how to be vegan. Yes. Yeah, I love to hear that. Yeah, so if you are in the local Lynchburg area, unfortunately, Ivy does not ship food yet. <laughs> Um, but if you're in the local area and you want to try some vegan food, uh, well, I can't say this Saturday because I guess you'll just have to wait till ne next spring. Are y'all going to do the farmer's market when it opens back up? Uh... That is the plan right now. Awesome. So if you're interested in like really, really, really trying something, um, go to her website. It's going to be linked below. 
Uh, again, she does both diets. So she does a carnivorous diet as well as a vegan diet. Um, if you want to try something vegan, I definitely highly, highly recommend getting uh, anything on her menus. She changes her menus what just about weekly, right? It's um, We've been running them for about three weeks because my clients were like, I didn't get a chance to try everything yet. <laughs> so <laughs> we've been leaving them for about three weeks. That way everybody has a chance to try everything. Okay, perfect. So you'll have three weeks to at least try one thing on that menu. If nothing on that interests you, um, you'll have an updated menu in about three weeks. <laughs> Uh, so keep an eye on that. Uh, she does meal delivery or pickup. Uh, do you have places you you go to pick up or do you just meet uh, clients wherever? So our pickup is from one to two and it's at our kitchen that we rent, which is 1021 New Hampshire. It's like right off of Ford Avenue. Okay. Um, and so again, everybody that's in Lynchburg, uh, Virginia specifically, not Lynchburg, Tennessee. Don't go there. <laughs> Uh, sorry about Lynchburg, Tennessee. Y'all, y'all aren't on the two birds map yet. (laughs) Um, but you know, there, Ivy is growing her business and continually to grow. So keep an eye on her. I'm sure we're going to have you back on the podcast again, because this has just been educational and a riot. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. I love um, talking about vegan stuff and we rarely have a chance to do so. So. Yes, yes. And also, again, Ivy is a, is a judgment-free zone. If you need some assistance with anything she has mentioned, feel free to contact her uh, through, right, you said DM, right? Yeah, DM on Instagram. Um, we're Two Birds Kitchen with the underscore. Or shoot me an email. It's Ivy at Two Birds uh, meal prep.com. If you go on our website, there's like a button at the bottom that says contact us. That's an easy way to do it. Perfect. And you are the person that responds to all of those, or do you have somebody helping you sift through stuff? As of today, I am the person that responds to that, but very shortly it will be um, my wonderful person that I'm hiring um, if everything goes according to plan. So you'll be hearing from my assistant, but if you need to talk to me, obviously you can. Awesome. So the assistant will be there to help Ivy sort things out. Uh, and what would be a priority for her to read. (laughs) Um, But for now, it's her responding. um, And I believe no matter what, you'll be able to trust the assistant because Ivy will not hire uh, somebody that does not meet her values. Well, and I'm a total control freak, so I have a feeling (laughs) she'll be in there. Oh, well, yes, we, we all, we definitely understand that. (laughs) Um, well, this has been absolutely amazing. Thank you again, Ivy. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me on. And Mary, thank you for being one of my very first customers. I appreciate (laughs) you so much. Well, it, 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 honey, everything you cook is wonderful. I haven't eaten anything that wasn't. Thank you. We we try to scream it from the rooftop, but you know, some sometimes people just don't listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> We're working so, one at a time. Yep. One one person changing how much vegetables they eat at a time. Exactly. Thank you. 
thank y'all so much for for listening in with us and Chef Ivy. We really appreciate her coming on and talking with us about being vegan, her business here in town, and how she became vegan. Yes, and we hope you guys enjoyed both of these episodes. And uh, if you have any more ideas of people that we should collaborate with, whether they're uh, local to the, the Central Virginia area or they are, you know, out of state, let us know. You can send us a message, um, either comment or DM us on social media. Facebook and Instagram are both at Casual Vegans Pod, or you can send us an email at thecasualvegans at gmail.com. We hope you have a great rest of your week. Bye.